This evening we're continuing with our theme of courage. For those of you who've been coming along, we have been in the book of Joshua, uh, looking at the Joshua chapter. We're going to be continuing that for the next two weeks after this. Uh, Mr. Pete Spears is speaking next week, and then I'm concluding the series, uh, which I'm looking forward to, actually. So, but we're going to take a little break, but continue on the theme this evening um, of courage, because today we're actually launching something called A Thousand Acts of Courage. Do you know what? It's really, really easy to talk about courage, and we could, we've been talking about courage for five or six weeks and be like, that is just the best concept ever. I love the idea of, of courage, and to actually be complete wimps and to never be courageous. And so part of what we would love to see is this community, our community, stepping out in courage and being courageous. And so I'll talk to us uh, a little bit more afterwards, but really excited about launching that today. Now, as a way of stirring courage, I've asked three people to share for nine minutes each their journey of courage over the last few years. Now, each one of them has demonstrated courage from heaven in the way that they live. And I've asked them to share very simply because their lives have inspired me. And I've looked at their lives, I've seen something in their lives, and I've said, that's inspiring, and I'd love you to hear their stories. They're all different. Uh, and so, to start with, I would like to invite Mr. Mark Epton. This is my mic, you can't have it. Thank you. <laughs> Great, okay, so yeah, my name is Mark, and um, yeah, James asked me to share a little bit about my kind of journey with courage over the, fa the past few years. So um, yeah, I want to kind of look specifically my, about my journey with courage and kind of God's favour that I've had in the workplace, so in a work environment. Um, and I guess I just want to be honest with you before I start. I actually would say that I'm someone who's not particularly courageous. So I shouldn't probably be up here, to be honest. Um, I tend to, I tend to be, prefer to kind of live a more comfortable life or prefer to be in that direction, like I guess many of us here from time to time. And um, I guess like I'm still on this journey of courage, but just want to share with you what I've been learning about it so far. So there's been a verse which has kind of kept me going on this journey of courage. And it's at home on my mantelpiece. We've got like a little picture and it's on there. And every time I look at it, it kind of reminds me to be courageous. And it should come up on the screen. And it's Mark 10, verse 27. And it says, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. So it's that last bit, all things are possible with God. So when we've been courageous, all things are possible with God. Isn't that great to know? So in terms of my, my career, my job, um, for 14 years now, I've been a salesman for a uh, Fort Liftchuck manufacturer, a German one called Jung Heinrich. Thank you, down there. They're the best, I must be honest with you. They're yellow. I mean, Fort trucks should be yellow, shouldn't they? Anyway, um, so it's not your average career, and I, it's one of those things that, like, when I was at school and going on the computers for my career's advice, it didn't come up, which I, I'm amazed, to be honest. But I do actually really, really enjoy it, because I meet loads of different people every day. It's great. It's good fun. And I guess some of you will know that sales is quite a target-driven environment. It's kind of like, you know, it's pretty relentless. It can be stressful from time to time. And if you're not performing in your job, 
so you're not selling anything. It's quite obvious. People know you're not doing very well. So there's nowhere really to hide to be truthful. And I've always, I guess personally, I've always had a heart for seeing people come to faith, a heart for the lost. And that's something I feel that God's put in me from like the, the beginning when I, I, I sort of, when I got to know him, really. And around four years ago, I, I sensed that God was speaking to me and saying, look, Mark, I want you to kind of... I was working five days a week at the time. I felt he was saying, look, I want you to give up one day a week for me and come and sort of work... Do something for me in the kingdom. So I was like, okay, that's, that, sounds, that sounds great, but how's this going to work? I was really excited by the possibilities that this could bring. And um, I equally knew that it was highly unlikely that my boss would ever allow it. I really thought that. I guess because sales is such tar- a target-driven industry, um, going part-time is something that's really pretty unheard of, really. So there's no one in my company who's ever gone part-time in sales. I know a lot of sales jobs out there, you just don't go part-time because if, you sell, if you're sort of working less days, you're going to be selling less, basically. So your boss, boss isn't going to go for it. So the results would be more pressure for me having to sell more on those days. So I, I guess I prayed and said, Lord, if this is you... Um, please just give me the courage to kind of ask for this time off and to kind of go for it and to make it work out, really. Um, and I guess it was, a, it was quite a nervous time for me, knowing if it was going to happen or not. So I guess I set up, set up a meeting with my, uh, my boss of the time, Russ. He's still there now. He's a really good guy. And to, to my surprise, when I, I got to meet him, um, I said, look, do you, would, would it be okay to do this? And to my surprise, he said, look... I'll agree to this. I'll let you go down to four days. I was like, amazing. I really didn't see that coming. Thank you, Lord. And, but he did give me some conditions as well as part of this kind of agreement. He said, basically, yeah, you've still got to have the same sales target. So uh, basically a full-time target. So basically I was doing four days, but uh, a five-day target. And I've got the highest target in our branch and in the country as well. So I was like, great, okay. Thanks for that. Um, he said, a reduction in salary by a day. And I was like, do you know something? That's, that's fair enough. Fair play. I can take that one. And um, also, it's only going to be for one year. One year maximum, I'll let you do this sort of uh, reduction of a day. So I was like, okay, that's, that's fantastic. And I guess, like, logically, I was a little bit concerned that, you know, trying to do this full-time target on four days would be quite stressful. You know, trying to work harder. Lord, please bring in these sales. What am I going to do? Um, but I, I thought to myself, and I prayed to God, and said, Lord, you've burdened me with this. You've put this on my heart, the heart for the lost. You know, people who don't know Jesus. I'm going to have to trust you with it. And I kept remembering those verses that came up before on the screen uh, on my mantelpiece, that all things are possible with God. Do I really believe that? All things are possible with God? So at the start, when I had this time, I wasn't quite sure what I was actually going to do with it. Um, I knew it was something to reach the lost, but wasn't quite sure what exactly. And at the time, I was working alongside uh, an a incredible lady in our church who had an amazing vision for, I guess, people in our city who are marginalised. And um, we, we shortly afterwards decided to set up an alpha course um, at a place called Tavs in the city. So there's, there's a place we serve food at on a Monday night um, for the homeless and marginalised people in the city. And we set up an alpha course down there. Um, and it's something that we'd never done before. I'd never really had the courage for it, to be honest with you. But Hannah was like, yeah, let's push into it. So I kind of went along with that. And I guess to our amazement, we had 20 people come each week for the eight-week alpha course. 20 guys who were kind of on the streets or marginalised coming along. And we saw like five or six different people come to faith over that particular time, which is just so, so incredibly inspiring. 
And when the Alpha course had finished with these guys, um, they were like, oh, what do we do next? Now we've come to faith, we know Jesus, what's next? And I guess I was like, yeah, I've got this program. I was like, I've no idea. I don't know what's next. So this was a time when, um, yeah, I had a, a good chat with my, my good friend Pete Spears over there, and we had a bit of inspiration to be, I guess, courageous and set this thing up called The Open Door, which we've been running now uh, for the last three years. And Open open. Open Door's been an amazing kind of opportunity where we kind of meet on a, a Friday morning, we sort of serve a bacon sandwich, we, we serve coffee, there's a, there's a talk like this, I guess, centred on Jesus, and we have worship and, and pray for those guys that come each week. It's been, it's been great. And God has done some incredible things as we've stepped out in faith each week at Open Door, and I guess been courageous to pray for people. We've seen dozens, I guess dozens and dozens of people come to faith over the time that we've been doing this thing at Open Door and come into relationship with Jesus. We've, we've had the privilege of baptising five people down there. We've seen um, people physically healed as well. We've, we saw one guy once upon a time, he kind of came in on crutches and at the end just walked out without crutches. And we're like, what's going on? You came in with crutches. He goes, oh yeah, God healed me. <laughs> Great, amazing. And so we've had like addictions broken as well. We've seen the lives turn around from people who've, who've come each week. And I guess we've seen people come off the streets as well. Um, another thing I was just thinking earlier, like in terms of courage, like I would normally, historically, would never like speaking in front of loads of people like this. Like something I would never really want to do. But like each week I've been at Open Door, I've had the opportunity to kind of, I guess, talk in front to the people, the guys there. And I guess that's something that's kind of, Help me to step out in courage and, and speak, really. And, like, it's been a really good kind of training ground to kind of learn how to speak and to speak to other people. So just a kind of little thing I, I was thinking about earlier, actually. And we've had many, many stories over the time we've had Open Door. And, like, one of the ones that kind of really always stands out to me is, is Colin, a guy called Colin who comes um, each week. He's, he's here in the corner, actually. It was great to see him tonight. And Colin, when he first came to Open Door, he... He was just kind of, he won't mind me saying this, but he was kind of like, he was angry. He was like, you know, almost bitter towards God. He was like, I don't know if a God exists, you know, that kind of stuff. And it was, I didn't know sometimes whether, I, what were you going to get with Colin, whether I wanted to speak to him or not, what, what I was going to get. But as time went on, Colin just came, Colin just started, well, I guess he had this incredible encounter with Jesus for the first time. And his life just completely was transformed. He's, um, he's kind of leading people now to Jesus on the streets, like, regularly and his heart is just so soft and he's such compassion for the people out there and I you know you won't mind me saying this but he's an amazing guy an amazing man of courage who completely inspires me every time I meet him um, we've also seen um, other stories like a guy called Paul who um, was coming along for, for two years to Open Door. He'd been on the streets and um, actually staying in a tent, living in a tent for two years. And he stopped coming for a year. And we're like, where's he gone? Where's Paul gone? And Pete went along to some convention in the city a couple of weeks ago for, for um, the marginalised and homeless people in the city. And Paul was on stage there talking about how he was now working for this charity, helping people get off the streets. So it's just like incredible, like, wow, that's where Paul is now. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, the other thing that I've, I guess I've been doing in this time that I've had uh, off, the kind of the, the, day, the day for God, is giving time to kind of 
spend growing uh, the Alpha ministry that we have in our church as well and reaching the lost uh, in our city. And it's been great this year, um, this term actually, to launch three Alpha courses for the first time. Um, And I guess these are being run by some incredibly courageous leaders in our church who have got a heart for people who don't know Jesus and have just been up for setting them up across the city. And we've already seen a number of people come to faith on Alpha just this term. And I say the course is not even finished yet. Um, there's one, a couple of stories. One, one story is a guy called Mike um, who, ha, who came along to the, um, the men's Alpha course. He was invited by one of our guys, John, who comes to this church. And John met him in the gym and was like, do you want to come along to Alpha? And Mike uh, has been coming along now for sort of three, four, five weeks now. And on the third week, Mike, Mike just had an encounter with God and gave his life to Jesus for the first time. And his, his, his direction of his life has completely changed. It really has. And... He's like, he's decided now to give up his job. He doesn't want to work anymore because he feels that's taking him away from God. And he's also now coming down to Open Door with myself and Pete on a, on a Friday and serving the guys who come along to that. So I guess his is a, a story of true courage in the making, which is kind of only just beginning and is completely inspiring. Also, I've been speaking to um, even just Gwen earlier, and like, there's, a, there's a girl who's come to the Alpha course that's being held here, and she's been coming down for a sort of five, six weeks, and she's an atheist, and as she's been coming each week, Gwen was telling me that she's almost like, she keeps saying like, I think it's true, I think this, this thing is true, I think God could be real, God could be real, isn't this amazing? And, and I, I think she said as well, like, you know, if, if God is real, I'm quite scared, because this could change everything. So it's just amazing to see the journey that she's on, uh, on the Alpha course as well. So yeah, I guess from from being able to do four days a week, I've been there's been for me a bit of an adventure going on with God, an adventure of courage as well, and I believe that um, as I've been sort of stepping out and being courageous, God has honoured me whenever I've done this. So the question is, what's been going on back at work while I've been doing things on a Friday? So what's been happening? So I guess like. Despite me doing a five-day-a-week job in just four days, God has given me incredible favour in my company, in the workplace, um, to the stage that it's, it has completely blown my mind. It really has. Um, he's given me favour with my, my boss, um, a lot of the managers in the company. Um, and I guess, like, it's four years on now that I've been um, doing, what, doing four days. Uh, and originally, I was only given one year, so... I've still got, still got that day, which is amazing. Um, I guess at work, God's been providing me with new business all the time, new op- sales opportunities, things I wouldn't have even thought at, companies I'd never even met before. Even just this morning, I was speaking to someone downstairs, and they were like, oh, I didn't know you sold forklifts. I'm like this global procurement manager. We might be doing a tender soon. I was like, Lord. <laughs> Lord, I didn't expect that one. Another story of favour. What's going on? So, yeah, that was incredible. Um, and I guess for me as well, over the last four years, I'm just, I guess, like, I'm so grateful to have been, like, the top-performing salesman for three of those four years in the country. Um, and, like, salesman of the year, selling... Think of this, the ridiculous thing is I've sold more trucks in those days than I've done it in five days a week. So I'm better on four than five. So I keep saying to my boss, is it worth me doing three days? <laughs> no. He's like, no way are you doing three days. Are you sure? Um, so I guess this has taught me that the logic of the kingdom is not the same as our logic. It almost doesn't compute the same way. 
Um, I've also had some great conversations, um, and I guess courageous conversations, with my workmates about my faith as well. Um, they regularly ask me what I do on a Friday, like what, what do you do, what's, what's open door. I've also had like great opportunities, kind of, we've got a little canteen in the, in, the, uh, in the office that we're in, and I've been there a number of times, and we've had great conversations, like, almost like mini alpha courses going on, talking about you know, suffering and why did Jesus die, that kind of stuff. So there's been great opportunities to speak to people in the workplace as well. And there's also, I said this morning, a long-running joke across the company from all my sales colleagues that I've got an unfair advantage. Mark Epton, he's got an unfair advantage. He's got God on his side. <laughs> and, I was like, and I said, it's, tr- it's true, but we've all got God on our side. Just need to kind of acknowledge that he's there, you know. So, so yeah, like, for me, like, I said, my colleagues are all aware that I do have a faith, um, and... I guess like a lot of them have, have witnessed firsthand God's provision in my life, what he's done and how he's kind of helped me along the way. Um, I've also had other steps, opportunities to take steps of courage in the workplace. Um, like we have like a sales meeting normally uh, twice a year and in the evening we go out for dinner and sit around the table with all the other sales guys. And my, my boss Russ always asks me to say grace now before we have our evening meal, which is quite a cool thing. I normally launch into a bit more of an extended grace bit of a prayer for the sales team and uh, get an applause at the end of the grace <laughs> which is must be a good grace don't you think it's getting applause I've never had that before at home ever um, and also like just recently I was having a chat with uh, one, of my, my, one of my colleagues Rowan who uh, his daughter works in Falmouth in this cafe that um, our good friend Nathan Gilbert they've planted down in uh, Falmouth she works there and Nathan I think is in there every day actually it's like Nathan what are you doing Something like full English every day. But um, I, I was just, I said, you need to watch your weight. But I was, um, oh, you're messaging him later. But, um, but yeah, he was like saying, why did they move down there? Why did they move from Cardiff down to, to Falmouth? So I had a, just a chance to chat with him about, you know, their, their vision that they felt God called them to plant a church down there. And he's just really intrigued by this and saying, actually, it sounds like the sort of place I'd love my daughter to go. So uh, hopefully, like, she might start going along as well. Um, during my four days, God has provided financially uh, for me along that time. Despite me, you know, I've t- took a reduction in salary. I've not been paid by, by Cardiff Vineyard. I've been volunteering. But, like, God's just been completely faithful from a financial point of view as well. We've had just enough of what we need. Um, there's still no certainty about me carrying on doing um, the four-day-a-week thing. But God just keeps providing me uh, with opportunities to keep doing it. And for me, it's been like an adventure of courage, but I think it's one that... It's not over yet. It's just beginning, really. And God's, I would say God's never left my side um, throughout that time. So for me, yeah, I would say, just to finish off, I'd say that this journey with, with courage has been a real challenge, just at the beginning of it. Um, whenever I've taken a step of faith in the last few years, God has never let me down once. He's always been there. He's always been there to catch me when I've t- taken a risk. Um, and I guess I just need to keep remembering this. It's something that you know, as people, we, we forget, don't we? We forget what God's done in our lives, the amazing things he's done, the time he's caught us, and, and, and every time we've, we've taken a step of courage. So I think, like as James is saying about this thousand acts of courage, is, you know, God is calling us in this season to be a people of courage. He's calling us to be courageous people. And what a difference the city we're going to make if we are courageous people, don't you think? And I guess my question would be, would be to, to all of us, would be like, what does that look like for you? What does taking a step of courage look like for you? 
And I was just speaking to Pete earlier. I think it looks completely different for all of us. It's completely different for all of us. So for some of us, it could be, you know, going big, sharing your faith with a neighbour, going for it, praying for them. For some people, it might be like, actually, I'm just going to go and say hello to a neighbour. That could be a step of faith, a step of courage. It could be like speaking, about, speaking out against some injustice that you know is going on, forgiving someone you've not forgiven, um, loving an enemy. And I guess... For each, each one of us, like I said, it's, 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 it's different, you know, but I keep going back to that verse which I started with. All things are possible with God. All things are possible. So when we do take those steps of courage, we shouldn't, shouldn't fear because God will be there uh, as we do that. So hopefully that'll inspire us to be courageous and that's me done in just about nine minutes, I think. <laughs> 19 minutes. <laughs> I think, Helen. <laughs> Hello, I'm Helen. Okay, so this story starts a couple of years ago. Oh, there we go. Um, and I was living with some friends that I'd been at uni with, and it was a beautiful house and great people, and I was really settled and happy there. But then one day I felt that God was asking me to move out, and I didn't have a plan. There was no further instructions. Um, but I did know that God had something better for me than the comfort that I was living in. He was speaking to me about a different way of living, one of an open table and an open door, a place where people would find home and find family. So I said my yes, and even though I didn't know what the plan would be, I knew that my Jesus was worth it, and that good or bad, following what he asks of me is the best place to be in the world. And at the same time, he was stirring others of this way of living. Because he loves when we do things in family. God in his very nature is community within the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The three persons of God are forever united with each other in mutual love, collaborating continuously, sharing as one in all that they do. Being made in his image means that we are free and able to know and love others. But it means that a need for community and a need for relating to other people is part of who we are. Through a story of miracles and many tears and a year of staying with different families in church while waiting for God's next instruction, we finally opened our door to our community house in June last year. Now family is a word that can carry so much meaning, for good or for bad. You might have had a wonderful experience of family but for some of you, family will be a really hard and painful thing. We want to live in a way that redefines family for people. That everyone would know a place of belonging and a place that they are loved. That people would come home to a place that they've never been. We believe that when you are loved and known as you are, then you are released into the full potential of all that you were created to be. There is freedom in that kind of family. So Acts 2 in the Bible describes how the early church used to hang out. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. 
And the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. We've taken this passage as the basis of how we live our lives. We have a strong rhythm of prayer, of worship, and of eating in our house. And we have this motto that says, as soon as you come through our door, everything is yours, apart from our underwear, our toothbrushes, and our journals. (laughs) We've surrendered our own agenda, our use of mine, and replaced it with ours. Our finances, our belongings, our time. You might hear that and start reeling off things in your head of things that we must have our own of. But we actually share one wardrobe. We plan our time as a family unit. And we make space for fluidity of where we sleep. Although we do have our own rooms, within 30 seconds of someone needing to stay, we will have all moved around to try and make space. We live like this because we have chosen to be family with those that walk through our door. We see ourselves as the gatekeepers of the house that the Lord has let us live in. And we made a decision as we moved in that we would choose to be family with ourselves and choose to prefer others that walk through our door. Because love is a choice, and often not an easy one. A choice that needs to be remade and re-evaluated in every second and every situation. We're asking God to teach us to see people as he sees them for who they really are in front of us, made in the image of God, full of gold, ready to be called out. We have an open door policy because we don't want to live by our own agenda. We want to live by his. We want to be interruptible in the ways that God wants to move in people's lives. Have you ever noticed how much of Jesus' ministry involves food? The feeding of the 5,000, wedding feasts, meals with religious leaders, meals with tax collectors, In fact, the first thing he says to Zacchaeus, the tax collector, is, come down, I'm coming around for dinner. Because a meal at a table is a level playing field. When you're having the same food, sat round as family, and someone's asking to pass the water, it doesn't matter if you're a high-flying socialite, or you're down and out, and this is the first time you've eaten with others for as long as you can remember. We talk about having an open table, because there is always room for another. There is always an invitation to stay for dinner. Sitting down to eat as family is often when we have the most raw, real conversations about what's going on in people's lives. It's been really hard writing this and working out how on earth to fit a year of miracles, stories of God faithfulness, stories of God's kingdom breaking in, and an ever-growing family into nine minutes. So I texted a few of our family and I asked them what their favourite thing about our house was. And one of them said... You can always bring someone along to dinner without having to ask. And when you do, you always make a new friend. But the best way to experience this is to come and see for yourself. So consider this your invitation. Come and find us after and we would love to have you around. I said earlier that when people are loved and known as they are, then they're released into the full potential of all that they are created to be. At our table, we have cried with people, laughed with people, danced a lot, called out the gold in people that they don't see, explained the gospel for the first time. We've celebrated jobs, dedications, breakthrough, freedom. One of my favorite stories in the house is one of a lady who popped in for a cup of tea. And that's such a normal thing in our house, but through that she began to open up about things that she was struggling with in her life, her faith, and her relationships. We prayed for her and Holy Spirit fell in waves of freedom and joy. We did some prayer ministry. 
We worshipped before the Lord in dancing. I told you there was dancing. And then she, she stood on our kitchen table and she shouted that she loved Jesus with her whole heart. And then we got back to our cup of tea. But through being interruptible like this, we've grieved with people through loss. We've cried with people in pain, held people that can't explain what's going on. From age two months to 60 plus, we've had the absolute honor of living with people from all walks of life. And it is genuinely an honor. We have been more blessed through the people that we've met than we ever could have imagined. I'm going to read out a letter that was written to us by a wonderful lady that's joined our family this last year. And I don't read this for our glory. I read this to show how God can use our simple, often scared, yes, and our obedience. And through good and bad, he lets us partner with him and uses it to transform lives around us. The image I keep getting of the house is an oasis, a place of refuge for the weary, of life, tranquility, of restorative peace. It's a place where everyone leaves full, brimming with the joy and love that is found within. This beautiful home is at first like a mirage in the desert, impossible to conceive because it's so radically different to its surroundings, yet so yearned for despite people not realizing it. Yet it does exist, and once you've experienced it, you're known different. You have experienced love which bypasses family ties, love which invites you to be something, be part of something, love regardless of age, gender, and race, love which really sees people as they are. Love in its purest form with no hidden agenda. I cannot believe, I cannot begin to describe the joy I found through being so welcomed in. I know that my life has been hugely impacted and influenced for the better. Now God is not asking all of us to live in a community house, although it's so much fun that we think you should. But God is asking all of us to love our neighbours outside of our comfort zone. Not out of pity, because pity keeps people at an arm's length away. But to love people like we have been loved. To see people as they are and their potential, made in the image of God. Love that bypasses family ties. Love that invites you to be part of something. Love that really sees people. Love that brings people home. Good evening all. Well, I think I've got the, the graveyard shift and uh, last one. And thanks to Mark doubling the time. <laughs> uh, I'll be as quick as I can. Um, so, <laughs> now, isn't, it's just amazing there, all these uh, wonderful stories tonight. It's just uh, absolutely fantastic. God is on the move. Um, so, well, it's a privilege um, to be up here tonight, guys. Uh, my name's Mike. Uh, many of you wouldn't have seen because um, I come along in the morning service with my family. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to be sharing a few stories um, just about what God's been doing in my life, my wife's life over the past year and the adventure we've been on. You know, for quite some time, I just had this burden on my heart just uh, growing and growing that I wanted to give more to God, that I wanted to, yeah, rediscover my love for God and deepen my relationship with Jesus. And so... I, after some time and building up that courage, um, I decided this year to give um, a, a year or one day um, to work with the church. And it's just been an absolutely fantastic journey. You know, I just 
come to the point in my life, I've got three children, um, and I'm in a career, I'm a teacher, and life is just so busy. And we can just get to that point where I just felt, I just wanted a fresh encounter with Jesus, and just to give time just to, to read my Bible more and spend more time with God. And so that was kind of like the decision, what was on my heart to make that decision. So following that on, obviously, like, and just sharing James's vision for this city, for our nation, to restore the city and to renew this nation. You know, what a, what a vision, you know. And I'm, I'm a Cardiff boy. I'm a Cardiff born and bred. You know, I love this nation. And my heart is to see Jesus move in this city and across this nation. And so I just had this simple vision of to love Jesus and to love my community. And just the passion for that was just, just growing and growing. And so I wanted to do something about it. I wanted to help bring people to Jesus, help for people to meet with Jesus. And so just building up that courage, um, I just had this verse. It was many verses, but this was just one which really just stood out to me. Matthew 5, verse 14. It says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, I just simply just wanted to be a light in my community. I wanted to help connect people with Jesus. You know, and this verse inspired me to do acts of courage. So the story began in December 2016. Me and my wife, we sold our house and we, we wanted to buy a bigger house in the heart of Pontpreneur, our community, where I've grown up. And we wanted a, a bigger house so that we could invite the neighbours in, so we could invite friends in. We could invite people in from church. We could just do things in the community and connect with people. And following that, I spoke to my head teacher and I said, I've, had, I've been working in the school nine years, but I've just got a real passion to, to drop down to four days and work with my church. And uh, I, actually, well, I actually spoke to him six months before that, and he uh, turned around and said, no, no chance. And uh, so following, following that, I went back in the January and petitioned him, and uh, I said, come on, this is, I really want to do this. And so he agreed. And it's quite rare, like Mark was saying, I suppose certain jobs it's easier, um, but I'm a head of department, I'm involved with other school roles, and it's just not really heard of for people to, to drop part-time in those places. But he agreed, and uh, so the journey began. You know, and with a vision to see my community come to know Jesus, and we, me and my wife, we just started having parties, and uh, we just had barbecues, loads of food, cheese and wine nights, and we just connected with people in our street. Pancake night, oh, it's just brilliant. Just thinking of all the good times now, and there's still more to come, don't worry. Um, <laughs> food. Um, but yeah, it was just absolutely brilliant, and uh, we just started connecting with people and reaching people in our community. And following that, our vision, we wanted to run an alpha course. And so we had a small group, and together we just started inviting and we invited as many people as we could to come along to Alpha in our home, for, in our community. Um, and yeah, it was just an absolutely amazing experience. 19 people attended. Um, at the end of it, five people made a commitment to, to follow Jesus. And everyone, including myself, we all just grew through that experience and learning more about God. 
You know, I, I think there's so many good stories, and I've got a few just to, to share, but I, I think it's important to say that not every conversation you have telling people about Jesus ends good. <laughs> and uh, I suppose there's a, there's a guy at the school, and one of my just something I had on my heart this year. I wanted to get to school on the day I worked down the church. I could nip out a bit earlier and just meet with some of the parents after school. And there was this one dad I'd just been, I've had so many conversations with now about Jesus. And I invited along, him along to Alpha and he said no. And, uh, but at the same time, he's, every time we sp- speak now, we chat about Jesus and chat about church. And so uh, his time is coming. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> But on a, on a different story, um, two nights before the Alpha launch night um, last October, um, I just had this idea that we, we needed to invite our babysitter. We've got three kids. We had the babysitter all planned. And I said, she's got no excuse. So uh, we invited her. And uh, yeah, she had no excuse. She couldn't come, um, could, couldn't not come. And so she ended up coming. And uh, she just come for the, the 12 weeks of Alpha and made a decision to follow Jesus. And yeah, regularly attends church. It was just absolutely amazing. But yeah, we just over the, the course of Alpha, we just had so many amazing just testimonies and stories of just, just God working through people's lives, just so inspiring. Um, one night we were talking about healing and how God loves to heal. And there was this, there was this young man who was coming along and I, I just felt, I had to, after watching this, uh, this video from Alpha, that I had to just give some, uh, maybe some words of knowledge of just what I felt God maybe wanted to do. And I only had two, but one of them was for a, someone with a bad elbow. And I didn't know anyone there with a bad elbow. And yeah, just this young man, which was absolutely shocked that he'd been in the gym um, for the last, and the last week, he just couldn't go to the gym anymore because his elbow was just so bad. And uh, he hadn't told anybody and he'd kept it a secret. He didn't want to make out he was weak or anything like that. And uh, he was just absolutely blown away that he, I knew that but he just felt that this was for him and we were able just to pray with him. Um, like an, another story, just uh, one of the, the young girls come along, she had this really bad burn. Um, she had this bad accident and for two weeks was just really pussy and just absolutely minging. That's a Welsh word, isn't it? And uh, <laughs> so we, we were just, she refused to have prayer for two weeks and then literally we ended up praying for her. And uh, yeah, just by the Sunday she came to church and in the next three days just completely healed up. All the pus had gone and uh, just, just absolute testimony to her of how God loves her. And there's another story about um, another young guy and he, he just kept saying, every time you pray for me, you feel like you seem to be answering all my prayers. And he just said, how do you know what, what it is that, that I'm after? And uh, we said, he's, he was still struggling with making a decision to follow Jesus. And we said, just ask God for a sign. And he was going down the, the motorway to work, and it was a big decision about quitting his job. And he really didn't know what to do. And he just said to God, he said, if, if you are real, reveal yourself to me. He said, I want to see a banana, of all things. Of all things, isn't it, a banana? And he looked up um, after a little while, and he was like, God, there's no banana. And he, he saw a picture of one on the back of a car. And he was like, okay, it's a banana. But he wasn't happy. He wasn't satisfied. He said, God, if you're real, I want to see loads of bananas. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane, isn't it? And uh, he, five minutes later, just before he got to work, coming up the road towards him was a lorry absolutely rammed with fresh bananas. Um, and he just absolutely blown away um, by just God <laughs> revealing himself to him through bananas. Um, but yeah, it was just 
absolutely amazing time doing Alpha. And as well as that in our community, we've just been able to do lots of Love Cardiff events. Um, just, just a quote which means a lot to me um, is by Francis Assisi. And it says, preach the gospel at all times. And if you need to, use words. And we just, just love to get into our community and just do... Um, just. Yeah, just show kindness, show God's love. And one of the times we did a, a school, um, we went to my daughter's school um, in Pompeii and I, and we took 50 volunteers and we completely redecked out the, the gardens in the school, painted, we did decking, um, all sorts of things. And absolutely amazing. And the head teacher was just completely brought to tears and just overwhelmed by that people just wanted to come and just help out and do this. And we were just able to just witness to her and just some parents who came along and we were able to go into the school and t tell them about it, just that we did it because of the, the love of Jesus. Just, just an awesome opportunity. You know, and so this is the kind of the journey that we've been on. It's just been so exciting. And just look into what's next um, for me and my wife. And it's, I suppose the journey hasn't been simple. <laughs> over, over the last year, it's been some really hard times as well. And we've, we've had baby number three arrived in September, and uh, kids are absolutely amazing, and I absolutely love my kids. Um, but it has been a hard six months as well. Um, it's been a tiring time, but absolutely wonderful. And it, but the, at the same time, my mum got cancer, and it was just, yeah, just a really difficult time. I was like, God of all years, why did it have to happen now? But yeah, she's, been, she's healed of it. The, the cancer's gone, and it's all clear. It's just absolutely amazing, so we can praise God for that. But I was just asking God, you know, what's next? I don't know if I can keep doing it one day a week. I don't know what the future holds. And a job come available. Um, as I said, I'm a teacher, I'm a head of department. And a job come available in my community, um, in a faith school, Corpus Christi High School. You may have heard of it. And just, yeah, they're absolutely passionate there about um, faith. And just, it's a Catholic school and just, who Jesus is and I, just, I went for the interview and managed to get the job there right in the heart of my community where, where I'm able to teach I love teaching I love my job um, but also where I can just be a witness and where they just want me to to share my faith and encourage others um, in the school so just absolutely dream job um, for moving forwards and just kind of like summing up everything going on in my life so yeah just so it's just God just God never lets you down and when you trust in him just new doors, opportunities, just keep opening up. So just want to finish with and just give you this challenge is my passion is to love Jesus and to love my community. And I'm just excited about the future and what that holds. But I want you to, to have that, that passion and be inspired to love Jesus and love your communities too. And just to leave you with this final question. You know, what opportunities can you see around you um, that you can step out and do acts of courage so just to, to leave you that what acts of courage can you do thank you I told you they're inspiring didn't I what, what amazing stories and so I mentioned just at the beginning that we wanted to do something called a thousand um, acts of courage because it's about this idea of it being practical rather than it just being this theoretical thing of courage it's like let's step into courage and we and the guys have talked about different ways that we can do that and I'm not going to 
go on about that. But the aim is that between now and the Kingdom Pursuit Conference on the 11th of May, we will have collectively carried out a thousand acts of courage around the city of Cardiff. And this could be anything from inviting a friend to church, to sharing a prophetic word with a stranger, to saying hello to your next door neighbor, to stepping into courage with your finances. It doesn't really matter. The key is it doesn't have to be successful. Because often we think that these things have to work out. I want to see some absolutely magnificent failures. Um, Because if we're not failing, we're not risking and we're not stepping out. Now, obviously, it's under the promptings of God and the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, I'm telling you, if you share your faith, sometimes Mike was alluding to it, and if you step into these things, there are going to be glorious failures. And so I want to hear about your glorious failures as much as I want to hear about your amazing victories. Because it's not all about the victory. It's about doing what Jesus has asked us to do and stepping out into those things. It's about the posture of our heart towards courage. So... The way that this is going to work is through a Facebook event where people can post their acts of courage so that we can all see these and celebrate them together. And really to help us record the the acts of courage as we do them as well. You can access this event through our Facebook page or our website. Please keep it short and snappy. We don't need, like, an essay. I need spoke to neighbor. Brilliant. That would be enough. You know, the thing is, if you've got to write an essay, you're not going to tell us about it. So just keep it really, really short and sweet. Alternatively, you can post these straight onto your social media accounts with the hashtag a thousand acts of courage. Or for those of you who are not on social media, you can email your stories to courage at cardiffvineyard.org. Joshua 1 verse 9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So you've got roughly five weeks. Get creative and be bold and ask God what he'd want you to do over these next few weeks. Why don't we stand?